of Jesus Christ. And you, the heart of the church and the heart of Pastor Sheldon and the heart of every pastor here and the calling that God has placed upon them is to equip the saints. And that's our heart so that we would equip you for the, the work of the ministry. And we, we would do that through teachings. And we, we, we want to equip you not just to to serve for just a moment or to serve for just a position in the ministry. We want to equip you so that when you serve, you serve with all of your heart and for the duration. And it's not, it's not for just a moment. Like I was saying earlier, it's for a lifetime. And that's what we want to teach you so that the, the, the love of Christ, the, the calling that God is putting upon your life, is you take that very seriously because God is going to use you for a ministry. Yeah. And it is for us to, to go and reach the body of Christ. It is for us to edify the body of Christ. Now, who's the body of Christ? The body of Christ is your family. The body of Christ is your co-worker, your cousins, your friends, your neighbors, everyone who God puts in the front of your path. That's the body of Christ. And that becomes church. Church is when we, we get to take what we learn here in church, and then we go outside of these walls and we reach people with the salvation and with the love of Jesus Christ. Now that's church. Our job is to equip you so that you could go out and start to do that. Well, we've been studying a passage from the book of Ephesians chapter 4. So if you got your Bibles with you, and again, we do encourage you to bring your Bibles so that you could follow along with us. Because we no longer put scriptures on the big screen on Wednesday night. And if you notice, there's no scriptures in the notes. Because that's part of your equipping. That's a part of training so that you would get used to using, listen, your Bibles. So that you would start opening them up and really get into the Word of God. And listen, don't be afraid to, to write in your Bibles. Don't be afraid to do that. Write in your Bibles. Highlight those notes. Highlight the Scriptures. Write notes to yourself. Don't be afraid to do that. The only thing I ask is no draw pictures when you guys bored. Okay? And don't leave your Bibles at home on the shelves. You know, I, be, I remember when I first came to the Lord, I had no understanding. And, and, and I had my Bible on my living room shelf. And, and I would open it up. I mean, you know, just open it up and leave it on the a, on a shelf. So that when people come over, they would think like, you know, I all holy like that and I read the Bible. 
but they could actually tell that I wasn't reading the Bible because when you look at the Bible, the page that it was open to was all dusty, all yellow, all stiff already, you know, all discolored. People could tell. It was there for years. But it wasn't until I really started to open the Bible, examine the Bible, read the Bible, that I began to understand. And then when I got the word in me and I, I, I knew that there, was, that there was truth behind the word and power in the word, it is then that I used it to the, to the fullest. Because God's word does hold power, doesn't it? Yeah. And that made a huge difference in my life. And it can make a huge difference in yours when you start to understand Him. You know? So bring your Bibles to service and let's get into His Word together. Let's, let's equip ourselves and grow in, in truth and understanding. So if you would stand with me and let's stand and read this, this passage together. Let's glorify and honor God for His infallible Word. Now, the scripture is on the back of your bulletin. As you came in, you should have received one. And some of you, you guys have already memorized the scripture, but I still got to read them. So, here we go. Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. Ready? Go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word in Ephesians 4. So, Father, tonight as we come, would you allow us to step aside and submit and open our minds and open our ears and our thoughts to you, Father, so that you could place what you want to speak into our minds and into our hearts, that, Father, we may be that very person you're talking about, that we may become that person who can edify the body of Christ, doing the ministry and doing our part, Father, sharing in what you're doing right here on earth through the church, through a ministry. But in all, Father, let us understand your great heart, which is love, so that we may exercise and express what we do to true love. Help us to do that tonight, in Jesus' name. And the congregation would say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we've been exploring the power of Christ, so that we know Him. And that we know how to love Him the way He should be loved. And we've been going through this, uh, this study. And we studied, number one, His position over all creation. His power to create all things. And then 
we, we started a little bit about His providence, His good judgment and management, controlling all things. That's where we ended last week. And just to bring you up to speed, Pastor Shelney spoke to us on, on how God has the power to create all things. He spoke everything into existence. And when He spoke, the universe was created. He spoke it and the planets were aligned. He spoke it and the sun and the moon gave light. He spoke it and the ground gave water unto the earth and the trees and the grass and the plants began to grow. He spoke it and it was created. And what's amazing about it is when He's, He created everything, He created it out of nothing. But when it came to creating you and I, when it came to creating man, he said this, let us make man in our own image. And he molded us, like Konoha said, from dirt. From dirt. But he molded us with the touch of his own hands. God really got into it when he molded you and I. He gave us his, his personal touch because he, he had a purpose for that. And his purpose was that he wanted to create and he wanted to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. All creation was created by his spoken word. But when it came to man, he got very personal about it. And he gave us a little bit of a part of him. He gave us his ha, his spirit. He bred His own Spirit into us, and we became a living being. And it is through that purpose, that, that intimate relationship where our faith starts to develop. You know, because God wants to be a part of our life. That's, that's His passion for us. And when we submit to Him in humility, and allow Him to be in control, and we give Him... Lordship, Lordship over our life, then things begin to make a little bit more sense to us in this world. It makes sense because we trust Him and we believe in Him. And at that point, what happens is our, our faith starts to gain momentum as we trust in His Word, His spoken Word. And that's faith because... The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, without faith, Pastor Sheldon said this, without faith, it would be impossible for us to please God. And he also said that faith, if you were here last week, is nonsense. Okay? It's not something we, we constantly think about. It's not something that we study hard on it. That's called theology. Faith is something that we, we believe in, that we trust in. That's faith. So pastor said that we walk by faith and not by sight. And pastor also spoke a little bit about God's providence last week. His ability to be in control and to manage all things. God is in total control of everything. He created. And a lot of times... We as human beings cannot handle 
not being in control. We can't. Our pride tells us that, doesn't it? You know, I want the control. You know, it's evident. It's evident in your homes with the remote. Yeah. See, you guys all laugh because you all want the remote. You guys all want the control, don't you? It's evident. Our pride tells us, you know, we're watching what I like watch. We want control. And although God holds total control, He did give man, He did give us the ability to choose. The ability to make choices to, to do things His way or to do things our way. To obey or to disobey. He gave us that choice. And listen, God created man. And He fashioned man. So don't you think that the Creator would know best of what we need and what we want? Don't you think that? And that's why He gave us His commandments, His instructions, His word. But no, we popakiki, we hard head, and we prideful. And right, pride gets in the way. Most of the time, we lose them. We do. We fall apart because of pride. And you know what the Bible says? That God resists the prideful. He resists our prideful ways. But the good news is that He gives grace to the humble. You mean if we humble ourselves and we don't act the way we act and we follow His ways, He won't forgive me? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's always there with His arms wide open, extending His grace. All His standards and His Word will never change. That remains the same. That never changes. But His grace that He extends to us is always there. No matter what we've done. No matter where we've been. The standards of living stays the same. His commandment stays the same. But what He does is He extends His grace and He helps us to your pastors, to the Word of God, to find yourself so that you could start to meet and obey those standards. That's what we get to do here. Amen? Amen. And we believe the Word of God because God said it. And that's where Pastor Sheldon left off last week. Okay, so I understand what faith is. It's something that I believe in. It's my belief. I trust in it. But didn't man write the Bible? And if man wrote the Bible, then, then how am I going to put my trust in that? Yes, man did write the Bible. As a matter of fact, many men and women wrote the Bible. But as these authors wrote it, it was God who was inspiring them. The words that they wrote is God bread. It's the same way where He gave us His ha. And it is through that Spirit of God that touched the person, the authors, and they were inspired to write the books of the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 records it this way. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness. It's profitable for us. That we may learn and live in a righteous life. Now you can believe that everything 
You have to believe that everything, all scripture is true because God inspired it to be written. God said it so we can believe in. Now that's faith. Now listen, we can read the Bible and think that it's stories. And because people refer to it as stories, we connect to myths. We connect to fairy tales or legends or fables. We can even take it to to be a lie because we relate the word stories to lies. Oh, Pastor Charlie was outside tonight. He was in the courtyard telling some stories. You guys can say, well, he's lying again. We can relate that and we can perceive it to be a lie. You know, I got to admit, the first time that I read the Bible, I thought it was just all stories. I thought it was all stories, right? If I didn't know that it was the Word of God today, I probably would still have a hard time believing. Just think about this. I mean, think about this. Moses, parting the Red Sea. Come on. God using one donkey to get his master's attention. I mean, come on, we all saw the show Mr. Ed, right? Come on, you guys, we can relate to that. And what about the day that time stood still? Or people shouting and singing, and then the the walls of, of Jericho come tumbling down. What about the man named Jonah? Who was swallowed by one big fish. And survive in the, in the belly of the fish for three days. Come on, these stories are outrageous. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe. But if God said it, then it happened. And it happened just the way He said it did. But then comes the greatest story ever told. The greatest story that ever took place. And probably the hardest to believe. And it's the story of Jesus Christ. The Son of God. Sent to the earth. Born of a virgin Mary. Lived 100% God and 100% man. He healed the sick. Raised the dead. Walked on water. Fed 5,000. Fed the hungry. Taught those who would listen to him. And was rejected by those he created. Died on the cross for the payment of the sins of the world. Rose from the dead on the third day and then taken. And rose again and taken to heaven. Now if I didn't know God and if you didn't know God, that's some crazy stuff right there. That's foolishness. And 1 Corinthians 1.18 and 19 says it this way. For the message of the cross is... Foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. That's why it has to be true faith that we believe God. It can't be true, only intellect and knowledge. Although it helps, it has to be true faith. Believe that every event written in the Bible is true and trustworthy. 
And every author who put pen to ink probably wrote what they witnessed. What God did in their lives. And through significant events that they experienced. They wrote their testimonies as, as a tribute to God. But they also wrote it as a warning for us to live by. To live in obediently and righteously. God wrote His commandments. He wrote it with His hands on tablets. And He gave it to Moses to give it to the Israelites. To give them a way, a guide for them to live by. But they complained. And they disobeyed. Well, years later, Paul writes about their affairs and the things that they did. And the events that took place. And then he says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 11. He says, these things happen to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the ages. They were written for us. God inspired these authors to write through their life experiences as warnings to us. To help us to believe. To help us to trust in Him. And God used them to fulfill His purpose that through the scriptures we believe and develop our relationship with God and through people's mistakes we learn to live a righteous and pure life but then on the way in doing that we would experience hope and would find hope in the person who inspired the authors to write the Bible God himself Paul wrote this in Romans 15.4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. That we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You know what? You will find hope and comfort in the Bible. You will. It's filled with it. It's filled with hope, along with every promise, all the promises of God. Again, promises that were written by man, but truly inspired by God. So by faith, we believe His promises. You know, the other day I was counseling this, this young, uh, young man. And um, when we were done, we, were, uh, we came into an agreement to, to meet on this certain day at this certain time. And, you know, in the old days, when you shook hands, that meant a lot. It was my word. It was our word when you shook hands. Well, we, we, we came to agreement, and, and <laughs> I don't know if it's just me or what, but we are shaking hands, and then these words comes out of his mouth. And, and I don't know, but have you ever heard the dialogue or the words that the young generations use nowadays for, for an agreement? Yeah, these words come out of his mouth. Oh yeah, uncle, no worries, no worries. Yeah, guarantee, guarantee, uncle. Mm-hmm. That's for sure, uncle. That's for sure. Yeah. You know that. You know that. Yeah. Word, word, uncle, word. You know, and yeah, I was okay with the handshake. You know, but but as he started to repeat himself, repeat his promises. Twice, I had second thoughts about this guy. Yeah, I don't know why they feel that they have to repeat themselves. You know, maybe it's just for self-confirmation. I don't know. Word, uncle, word. 
I don't know why they do that, but it's okay. Because I told them, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. And I think we made one connection. You know what I mean? But uh, it remains to be seen because the day never come yet. So we'll see if we made that connection. But when Jesus wanted to get his point across and he wanted to, to, to get our attention for us to, to see a promise or a commandment that he was speaking to us to, to his word, I noticed that he too repeated himself. He said this, Verily, verily. Or he said, Truly, truly, I say unto you. Because he wanted to get our attention. Yeah? But he spoke truth. You know what I mean? He spoke the truth and, and we wouldn't doubt his word because his, his promise was like a handshake. His promise was his word and it held truth. And if he spoke it, you can truly believe it. You can believe that you will never be alone. Hebrews thirteen eight says, God has said, never will I leave you nor will I forsake you. You can believe that you will be forgiven. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all, all unrighteousness. You can believe that you have peace. Philippians 4.7 And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You can believe that you have an eternal home. John 14, 2 says, In my Father's house there are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And you can also believe that you can be a child of God. John 1, 12 says it, Yet to all who receive Him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now these are just simple promises which, which God spoke that are available to you and I. And there are promises that require some things that, that we need to do before the promises are fulfilled. I want to be forgiven. Well, the promise requires us to come to repentance and confess. And then there is promises that will happen that no matter what we say, no matter what we do, it will come to pass. The promise of Jesus Christ returning one day. No matter what we do, no matter what we say, that promise will still be fulfilled. You see, if God promised it, it will happen. And it will happen not on our time, but on His timing. He's in total control of all things. He manages time and everything that is in it and everything that happens in it. That's His providence. And as we read and journal through the Bible, we realize that God has and still continues to be in total control of everything. He's the one who manages to hold things together. The one who came into this world as a baby... Has been around through the ages of time. And he's been working. And he's been working throughout the ages continuously. Controlling all things. Not only the things on earth. But also the things in the entire universe. 
Colossians 1.17 And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Now that word consist is a, a Greek word, and it's synistomy, which means to put together, to organize, to unite parts into one whole. And the NIV version of Colossians 1.17 is written this way. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. You know, God created the entire universe, the planets, the stars, the sun, the moon, the Milky Way, the galaxies, everything that the universe consists of. But have you ever thought or ever asked yourself how everything is held together? Why the planets don't crash into one another? Sinish to me. In Him, all things are held together. How do you explain a marriage that is strong and that is tight and held together? Sinish to me. He holds all things together. Hebrews 1.3 tells us that He upholds all things by the word of His power. There is power in God's word. Because, listen, because it's His word. Man wrote it, but God spoke it. There is power to produce and restore life in us. Even when life comes at us hard, and it seems like everything is coming to a halt. There's power in His Word. Listen, if He holds, the Bible says, if He holds the universe in the palm of His hands, don't you think He's more concerned about you and I? Don't you think He's more passionate about you and I? There is power in His Word. Power to reconcile broken relationships. Power to provide you and I with everything that we need. Power to change life. No matter where you've been and what you've done. Power to heal the brokenhearted. To set the captives free. To heal the sick. The question is, do we have faith enough to believe it? And secondly, are we doing what's required of us to receive these promises? It's when we put our trust in Him. And when we call upon Him in the good times and the difficult times, that's, that's when we see His providence. That's when we see how much He cares and how much He holds things together for the good, for our good. And He'll do it as we trust, as we believe, as we hold faith in His Word. And that's why we speak it constantly from the pulpit. The importance of getting into God's Word. Read His Word. Meditate on His Word. And then journal on what God is speaking to you. Listen, you will be the continuation of the Bible. As God inspires you. As you read and meditate on the Word. And as you're reading it, write. Journal what God is speaking to you. People will see, when you start to do this, people will see the Bible in you. That's what they'll begin to see. 
Paul said it this way to the church of Corinth. 2 Corinthians 3, 2-3. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on a tablets of flesh. That is, of the heart. As you journal, as God inspires you, you become the Bible. Get into God's Word and don't get into it just to receive His promise. Don't just look for what we can receive from His hands. Don't do that. Look for His face. Look for who He is. Because when you do that, everything else comes. Because you're seeking Him. And not we can get out of Him. Get to know the true author of the Bible. Because ultimately, He created us. He created you and I with His own hands. He personally created us to worship Him and to build a personal relationship. He wants that. He wants that with us. The Bible is true and trustworthy. And so is the author who inspired who inspired it to be written. God created all things. And He is in control of all things. But listen... One day, one day, everything will come to an end. The Bible states in Revelation that that the stars will begin to fall. Well, what's going to happen? What will God do? Join us next week as we continue on this subject. You may put away your Bibles and and I'll close with this story. A little girl found a book of poetry one day. And as as she read the poems, she had a difficult time understanding what these poems meant. So she placed that book on her living room shelf. Years passed by and one day she... She met a a teacher, a poet, wonderful teacher. And she started to build a relationship with that man. Because she really loved the way he taught, the way he spoke. Well, as she was cleaning the house one day, she came upon that book that she found, the book of poetry. The book that she found years and years ago. And as she was cleaning, she she held the book and she looked at the cover and she realized that the author of that book was her teacher, the poet that she had befriended. And because of her personal relationship with the poet, she suddenly could read the poems. And now she could relate to what the author wrote. In his poems. God created all things. And he created man with with his personal touch. And he placed a part of him. 
himself in you and I. He placed his spirit. Then he spoke to them. He spoke to the people through his spirit. And man was inspired to write his words, his commands, his statutes, so that we could live a righteous life by them. The Bible can be difficult. It's a hard book to understand. But when you get to know the author, you understand his heart. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we've learned, Lord God, a lot tonight. And there's things that we don't understand in the Bible. But now maybe we got a clearer picture of how the Bible was, was written. You, you gave man your spirit from the beginning of time as you created us. You, you, you made it personal. You made a relationship between you and us. And then you gave us your spirit so that we could not just walk on earth, but we would be guided by your spirit. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. And that faith comes when we, we get to know you, when we get to hear your word, when we get to read it and meditate on it, we get to hear a clear voice of the shepherd. And your word does say that we will know the shepherd's voice. And I'm sure, Father, it comes through your spirit. It's something that we connect with because there's a part of us well, there's a part of you in us, Lord God. So tonight, would you speak to us through that spirit so that we may understand what you're saying in your word. Tonight, would you equip us? Would you open up our minds so that we could take that, that teachings that we had here tonight to understand that you love us that much that when you created all things, when you created man, you made it very personal because you love us. And you made us into your own image. Would you take that teachings and put it deep in our hearts, Father, so that when we leave these walls tonight, we get to use that. And we get to minister and we get to help people to understand it. So they too can have a personal relationship with you. Tonight we honor you in all that you do, Father. And we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen.